The following podcast contains adult content. It is not suitable for minors, professional settings, or the faint of heart. The stories you're about to hear are recorded live at Petra's in the historic Plaza Midwood, Charlotte, North Carolina. Foreplay Goes South is open mic storytelling. Hosted monthly by Metanoia, attendees share their intimate, sultry, salacious tales. Up first, we've got Laura, who takes the stage to spill the tea. This is the second time I have to follow up like really sexy stories, and I'm not going to tell you one. Why? <laughs> <laughs> sexy for other people, not for me. This is actually embarrassing. So I want to take you all back to the year 2000. <laughs> I'm 18 years old. I'm 18 and I'm excited because I'm about to hit a rite of passage that I have been counting down for years. Blame the Roxbury Brothers sketch on Saturday Night Live. I was looking forward to going to a club. I know you can't tell it, but I love dance music. And at that time, I really loved dance music. So my girlfriends and I, we decided to go to a club. Anybody here from the Charlotte area, like in the past 20 years, might remember Club 2000. Very appropriate. <laughs> And y'all are laughing because you probably know what I'm about to talk about. So Club 2000 was very different from other clubs at that time. Bar Charlotte, The Graduate, The Breakfast Club, RIP all those clubs. Yep. There was not just one, but two strip clubs. There are two strip clubs, male strippers and female strippers. So. My friends and I, we go to the club and we dance and dance and dance. And at one point, I'm tired. I'm like, I gotta like take a breather. There's only so much Hathaway I could dance to. And uh, we decided to go to the men's strip club. <laughs> I'm 18 years old, okay? I know nothing. So we go in, and the first thing that I notice is like, kind of a vibe, a funk hits me right away. I call it eau de desperation. <laughs> And, <laughs> and oh, the desperation. Because in this strip club are not young gals like me and my friends, but I'm sorry, much, much, much older women who are just there to ogle the guys that look like they belong in American Gladiators. All right, so we sit down, and these women are just living their best lives, sharing, like showering this guy in dollar bills. I'm kind of bored. I'm ready to go back to the dance club. And one of my friends turns to me and says, Laura? you should give him a dollar. <laughs> now, I need to tell you all that I have a weakness. If you can't tell, because I'm up here telling this damn story, and the previous time I told a story, I like making people laugh. If you're my friends, double so, and I will shed any sense of decency, self-consciousness, I will make an ass out of myself, other people can agree, to make my friends laugh. So sure, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to do it. So I look at the ladies giving this guy who looks like the ultimate warrior, if you know who I'm talking about. He kind of looks like him. And his name was Nitro, which is an American gladiator's name now that I think about it. <laughs> they're showering him and they're like, they're giving him dollar bills and like their mouths and their cleavage. Ooh, scandalous. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is so pedestrian. I am going to kick it up a notch. I don't tell my friends this, but I'm thinking... I'm going to get on that stage, I'm going to sit on it, I'm going to lay down, and I'm going to put the dollar bill in my mouth. Yeah. I am a genius. 
This is a great idea. It was not a great idea. <laughs> so I lay down on the stage, and the first thing I notice is that it's very cold. And it feels great, because I've been sweating. I've been cutting a rug, guys. I've been dancing. It's very comfortable. And I just don't pay attention. I close my eyes, and I don't pay attention to anything else going around me. <laughs> I am so relaxed. I am completely oblivious to the movement that is happening around me. I, I've tuned it out. I am just so relaxed that all of a sudden I feel a breeze on my face. And I don't know what this is. I'm thinking, the hell, is there a vent above me? Okay, that's cool. That feels nice. And as I'm thinking that, at the same time, this very delicate thing starts hitting my forehead. <laughs> and I will never forget the song that's playing. This is So 2000, Soul Decisions Faded. If you know that song, this is playing at the same time. And I'm like, what the hell's tapping me on the head? And that's when I open my eyes and I freeze. Now, I need to tell you all before I continue, at this point, I'm 18 years old. I am still a virgin. I've never had a boyfriend. I've never been kissed. I know, shock and awe, right? Yeah, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I got Grand Admiral rank on Star Wars Trilogy Arcade game, and I couldn't get any dick. Wow. Right? This is the closest a crotch has ever been to my face. It's like right there. And what's hitting my forehead is the banana hammock and all the contents within. So think about it. Yeah. Like this. To the rhythm of the music. And I'm just standing there and my friends are laughing their tits off. They think this is great. And I want to get back to the dance club. I'm freaking out. Finally he stops. I still have the dollar bill in my mouth. He helps me up, holds my hand, and I'm like, okay, God, thank God, this is done, I can go. Oh no, we're just getting started. Oh God, this was so embarrassing. So he holds my hand, and I start to pull it away. Oh no, he's got a good grip on it, because he wants to make an impression on this young girl, just like the impression he made on my forehead. <laughs> I don't know how he did it, but he's got his hand, my hand on his chest, and magically appears a bottle of Neutrogena body oil. <laughs> Stripper magic, I guess. I don't know. And he just pops the top open and just starts to drizzle it on his chest. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then he gets my hand and he starts rubbing it up and down his chest to the beat of the music. And I'm, I'm just saying, they're like, I'm the good girl, okay? I get straight A's. Oh my God, that's why I like being called that. Um, <laughs> up and down his chest and I'm, I'm looking down like god damn it <laughs> I want to go back to the club and I look up and I'm like you know it is a nice it's a nice chest this isn't too bad and then he grabs my my face and pulls it to him kisses my cheek and then pulls the dollar bill out of my mouth and my friends are like fuck yeah Laura that's so great and I'm like yeah that's, yeah okay I'm ready to go back to the club I feel the death glare from like the old bitter lady brigade because they never got any action like I did but I wanted to share that because that marred me. I have never been in a male strip club since. I can't stand the smell. No, I'm sorry. Guys can't dance like girls. Now, girl strip club, been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys strip club, no thanks, but I just wanted to share the story of the first time I ever got teabagged. Our next storyteller is Sarah, who makes a connection that's more than she expected. It's my first time 
Um, so I wanted to talk about, um, I love threesomes. I, that sounds, and not to be like that girl, because um, I'm definitely like pansexual, queer, woman-leaning, kind of like it's like a Enneagram type thing. You know, I'm like woman-leaning, but you know, girls gotta eat kind of thing. Um, so, <laughs> right? Um, so I was approached by this gorgeous woman, gorgeous. I was like, I was like, she like messaged me on the, you know, and I went to her profile and I was like, uh, I mean, yeah, I could be down to meet up kind of thing. And you know, it was like her and her husband. And I was like, this I'm into, uh, the husband was like, you know, tatted here and here, musician kind of thing. I was like, that's fine. I don't know. That's whatever. That's cool. Um, so I was like, we're doing this. We're doing this. Like, I am what they like to call a unicorn, right? Um, thank you. Thank you. I know it's a really tough life to lead. I hate being the center of attention. But I do. Um, so I met, Kari's not here. Okay, I met Kari first at a bar. And it went super well. I actually saved her from some drunk guys like trying to buy her shots. I like walked up and I was like, hey, it's me. Like this is how we met the first time. <laughs> I tried to be so cool. It actually went out, it worked really well. And we meshed super well. She let her partner know that this was going really well and that we had a date that weekend to do things. Um, and I knew they had kids, but I didn't know what that meant, because I don't have kids. So, <laughs> so we have a date that Saturday, and I'm so excited, because again, I've met the beautiful, beautiful female. Um, I have not met the husband yet, but like, it's whatever. Again, woman-leaning, so I don't care. Um, so I go up and I walk, or I don't walk into it, I ring the doorbell, and I come in, and the like a five and seven year old come and greet me. And I was like, oh, hi, hi, what are we doing? And they're like, come watch Moana with us. And I was like, oh, I love Disney. So before I'm even talking to the people I'm about to fuck, I'm hanging out with their kids. And like, we're watching Moana, like vibing. Um, it was great. <laughs> and literally like the, beautiful couple, again, that I'm about to with, are just like, oh, this is so fun. We're gonna like make dinner. You guys good? I'm like, yeah, it's good, it's fine. <laughs> and I'm like, I love this part, like kind of thing. It was really cute, I loved it. So <laughs> we make dinner, and again, this is the first time that we're in this kind of environment. I've never like actually like touched either of them, even though I want to, kind of thing. <laughs> and. <laughs> But the kids are also just kind of wandering around, and I'm just like the fun friend who's there for the evening, you know. And <laughs> I just like, I wasn't expecting the children to be there, so. So then the kids, I think the kids go to bed, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's time. It's time. And they're like, okay, we have to make their Easter baskets. <laughs> 
it was Easter Sunday the next day. Before I fucked their parents, it was Easter Sunday. So, so they had the baskets ready, but like we were still like putting stuff in it. And it's like 11 p.m. at this point, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is so fun, but you know what would be more fun? Um, and they're like, oh, oh, Sarah, Sarah, they don't know your handwriting. Can you, like, write from the Easter Bunny? And I'm like, yeah, I'm the Easter Bunny. <laughs> yeah, that's me, Easter Bunny. Um, hop, hop, hop over there kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> so I write the notes from the Easter Bunny. It was actually lovely. It was a very fun time. And then eventually the Easter baskets are done. The scavenger hunt, which we prepared as well as a threesome, the scavenger hunt was done. And then they were like, let's go to the bedroom. And I was like, finally, you like, <laughs> I put so much work into this. I just really want to, let's do this. So I, I'm sorry, I, this is my first time doing this. And also I've been here long enough that like, as far as the sex part goes, it's kind of blurry. It was amazing, but blurry. Lots of like biting teeth, fucking, all this stuff. It was all just like a beautiful, a beautiful artistic mirage, if you can say. And then at one point, all of a sudden, there's crying, but it's not the three of us. And like, you know, we have to kind of all pause ourselves to be like, there's a voice. Um, it was a child. The child was crying because usually the parents did not lock their door. They never lock their door. It's always available for the children, but not tonight. <laughs> tonight it was closed and locked. Uh, so the son, the boy child, was crying at the door because he tried to get in. And, <laughs> and the poor dad is like, get dressed, get dressed, get dressed. Like, and me and the wife are like, ah, like, ah, like, hi. And so that had to be a whole thing. Um, <laughs> sorry, then we continued and it was lovely. But, but I just mostly think about that night being like, I'm Easter Bunny. <laughs> so, thanks. <laughs> This next storyteller is Regina Quina, Foreplay Goes South's first featured storyteller. She'll take the stage next week on June 20th, but in this story, she talks about her first play party. I'm about to tell you my kinky origin story. It also happened in Chicago, so wherever Peter is, thank you for bringing that into the conversation. <laughs> All right, so I am living in the suburb, suburbs of St. Louis with my husband. We have been wading into the shallow end of the experimentation pool. And then I apologize because this may sound a little bit like kink shaming. I don't mean it that way. Um, we've had a threesome. We've gone to a swingers club. So I understand that my definition of wading in at the shallow end may be some other people's definition of jumping in at the deep end without your floaties. So we get an invitation from my friend Marion, she of the recent threesome, and that is a story for another night, Scheherazade. <laughs> <laughs> a 
We get an invitation to a New Year's Eve party at Monica's Loft, a BDSM on-site club in Chicago, Illinois. I immediately say yes, backtrack to the hubby and go, can we go please? He goes, yeah, okay, we can go, we can go. Great, all right, so my first opportunity to sign a waiver online, BDSM activities can be dangerous up to and including death. I'm like, just sign me up, here we go. All right, sign the waiver. The, week, uh, the weekend comes. We get to Monica's loft. Up the, we meet um, Marion and her partner are there. Up the dark winding staircase to the club. Sign in, show our IDs. We have to pick these little dots to wear somewhere on our body that night. You know that you know like one color for top, another for for bottom, another one for switch. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I picked switch. Turns out I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we go, um, you know, we get the newbie tour, right? And we are, and we are seeing the, um, you know, there's a, the big foyer with the couches and the pillows and the, the people lounging around and the one room to the left had this, this throbbing techno music with flashing lights and a cross and spanking benches and floggers hanging from the walls and, a, and a, a table full of paddles, and then another room that was quiet and had a, um, had a, a BDSM, had a bondage table. And I got a little frisky and I pushed Marion down on the bondage table and she goes, oh, it's non-consensual. And I recoil and I'm like, oh, well, I guess consent is really important. And I felt a little bit guilty for a few minutes, but there was so much going on. And I saw the people, and some were in costume, some were not in costume. I saw you know, a, a man leading a woman on a leash, and she was blindfolded. I saw another woman leading a man on a leash attached to his penis, and he was not blindfolded. And, and, and I, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And there was another man I saw who I heard, actually I heard him before I saw him because he had lovely jingle bells sewn to his skin at regular intervals, yeah. which I later recognized as needle play, but I'm like, oh, that is so fucking cool. And I'm looking around and my eyes open and all of my chakras opened all at once. And <laughs> cue the montage with the flower petals opening all at once. And we did not play, we did a lot of gawking, and at midnight we were in the, the throbbing music room watching an impossibly gorgeous tall blonde woman wearing nothing but black stiletto heels being strapped to a St. Andrew's cross and flogged by two gentlemen alternately, one I believe was a dragon tail, another was a really nice flogger, and they were clad in nothing more than um, leather briefs. And that is, that's how we spent midnight. And there was a, a, a candle. This was back before those electric candles. So this was an actual candle not used for wax play. And I bumped into it because I was like all wobbly and I had no idea what was going on. So we, my, uh, my husband and I made it back to our hotel room in Schaumburg, Illinois um, in a heavy Chicago snowstorm. And we got snowed in and I was so horny and so awake and something shifted inside of me and I attacked that man for everything he was worth all weekend over and over again. And I had plenty of opportunity because we were indeed snowed in, even the Denny's next door. We got there at 8 o'clock the next morning. The, the morning shift hadn't have a chance to, to come in and, and you know, there was barely enough coffee to go around. 
So we got back to our sweet little suburban house in uh, St. Peter's, Missouri. I turned up pregnant. Y'all, I couldn't get pregnant. I had just enough wrong with me physically that my oddbine told me it would be painful and expensive for you to have children. I'm like, those are two words I don't need in the same sentence. But she clearly had not counted on the BDSM club experience as a cure for infertility. <laughs> That was nine months and 23 years ago that husband did not come with me on the kink journey, and I got to tell you, he didn't come with me for the long run, but man, I'm there, and it took me a very long time to realize that that is very much like a hero's journey. Look it up, because you get the calling. You cross the threshold, you back up a little bit, you have some kind of human intervention or help with your journey, and you finally become who you're meant to be. And it, it's amazing. This episode of Foreplay Goes South podcast was recorded and produced by event host and podcast creator Metanoia. These stories are recorded live every third Tuesday of the month at Petra's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Come check out our live storytelling at Petra's. This month is June 20th, and we'll be sharing the stage with featured storyteller Regina Quina. For more information about Foreplay Goes South, follow us at Foreplay GS on Facebook, FetLife, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter.